0: Welcome to Behavior Buff, a podcast for the active parent. Ty and Hillary Krieger dive into ways to reduce the stress of parenting. They throw in a little fitness chatter, but mainly guide you how to raise kids in a positive light by delivering tangible tools to use right away. Listen from them and guests just like you on how to go from survival mode to feeling in control when it comes to your
1: kids. Three, two, one. Welcome back, everyone episode nine already and this one is a popular ticket tantrums hitting kicking throwing their body and head around feeling inconsolable you think is he sick teething hungry thirsty tired or frustrated with lack of words even feeling like your little guy or girl are so strong-willed and stubborn you've tried redirection staying calm and patient at times you've tried discipline punishment here is where I'd say, but have you tried positive reinforcement? And if yes, what did you use? Maybe a variable, ne- variable needs to be adjusted to make it work. Okay, now that I got you a little stressed out saying, yes, 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 that's me. That's my little guy. I'm going to read a review here really quick. A review is from one of you, our listeners, and I have to admit something. I legit open our podcast app probably five times a day to check the review section to see if we have any new ones, and then I sit in silence in my bathroom to get away from the kids for about 60 seconds or so and just light up with joy reading them. That's for real. You can't judge me because I know you go on your phone when you're in your bathroom too to get away for a minute or two or maybe ten. All right, today's review comes from Fave137. It reads, I literally just listened to every podcast in a row and I'm excited for future opportunities I have to be a better parent for my kids. I love that they are in the thick of this parenting thing too and are honest about their own struggles. It gives me hope that I don't have to do it perfectly. I can just do my best and take it one day at a time. They also provide concrete examples and tips, not just fluff. Fave 137. That's what it's all about. Your review seriously made me feel good. It's nice to know what we are trying to do is really coming across in the right way. And I want to make sure we're giving good examples from our own kids to tools to walk away with directly after listening. And just by tuning in, you are becoming a better parent by realizing that you want to make a small change, whatever that may be, to better yourself and your kids. So, Cheers to you, Fave 137. I loved it. All right, let's transition back. Dun, 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 tantrums. So let's discuss first why toddler tantrums happen.
0: All right, I'm here as well today everybody what is going on and I just have to say fave 137 that maybe was my favorite review yet So keep those coming why toddler tantrums happen now This is something that we have definitely touched on in the past the why behavior happens is probably the most important place where we want to start because once we can figure out why these things are happening we can really start to hone in on strategies and different types of replacement behaviors to decrease them. We talked in our previous episodes about why punishment alone is not effective. We've talked about a little bit about these whys. So let's recap. The first and most common reason that tantrums happen, at least in our house and in some of the houses of the parents that we work with, is because kids do not get what they want. We call this our denied access function, and it's really common. You know, if a kid is told, no, you can't go to the store right now to go buy a new iPad. No, you can't go to get a new pair of shoes. Nope, you can't have that candy before dinner. Nope, we can't go to the park because it's raining, so on and so forth. Those denied access functions are gonna be one of the most common reasons why. A next reason is gonna be what we call our escape or avoidance function. And that's going to be if a child does not wanna do what you're telling them to do. So they don't wanna do their homework. They don't wanna pick up their toys. They don't wanna eat dinner all right
1: they don't right. want to go to bed <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that's a huge one for us almost nightly right so those those escape or avoidance functions are going to probably be your your, th- your second most common our third i think is really um you know a good one especially for toddlers or for our kids with our limited language av- availability is that attention function so if a kid is not getting the attention that they need, they're you know, being ignored while you try to do your best to get the household chores done or you're trying to get some work from home and your little guy you know, starts throwing toys um, or starts coloring on the wall. Well, that, that's most likely because they're not getting the attention that they need from you. The other tricky thing about attention is it can not only be an evoking function, meaning it can only start behavior, but it also can be one of those maintaining functions. So let's just say that you have a kid who was told, no, they can't go to the park or no, they can't go and get something new at the store. And then they start to tantrum. And then maybe they start to calm down. But then every single other time that you go and start talking to them, they, they kick back up and that tantrum starts all over again. So that's what I mean by maintaining. So you gotta kinda look out for that. It just because behavior starts for one reason, it doesn't mean that it can't keep going for that other. So those are their first three. You have your denied access, you have your escape and avoidance, and you have attention. And then the fourth one is what we're going to call those internal functions. Uh, in the in the field of behavioral analysis, we call this automatically reinforced. But this could also just be something where, you know, we're talking about a sensory overload or a deprivation. Uh, we, we most commonly see this one come in when a kiddo is either under or over stimulated. So one of the things that has really been... I think maybe doing a little bit of both has been screens. So you've heard us talk about screens in the past and screens are iPads, they are phones, they are TVs, they are computers. So there are, anytime a kiddo is plugged in for longer than 30 minutes, your chance of having behavior occur after that, whether it's turning it off or even during while it's going on will greatly increase. Now, is your kiddo under or overstimulated? I don't know. I'm not really the one to make that call. But what we do see is a correlation between the two. Uh, another thing could be a kiddo who's just not getting enough activity or exercise. So if a kiddo's body is understimulated, their vestibular system, their system of, of what's internally regulating them, if that's not getting enough input, they can also then express behavior in certain ways. So those are just two of the many reasons why a kiddo can engage in behavior because of their internal systems maybe being under or overstimulated. And then we'll talk about some other things a little bit later. So, those are some reasons. And let's maybe jump into what we shouldn't be doing when kids are tantruming, Hill.
1: So, here are some things not to do when my child is tantruming. And I think that Tyler and I are both guilty of doing some of these. So, don't worry if you're kind of listening and thinking, like, oh crap, that's me. I do that because we're here with you. We've done these things too before. And We're acknowledging it, moving forward, moving past. We're not perfect either, but here we go. So telling them how they should feel. There is, for example, saying something like, there's seriously nothing to be upset about, or even telling them, this is not a big deal. You need to calm down because in their eyes, it is a big deal. I'm not going to tell them that their behavior is making me sad. I have done this before. So Tyler, what do you think? What do you feel about
0: this? Uh, In my opinion, depending on the age of your kid and how, emotionally intelligent they are right so that means how they understand emotions of either themselves or other people this can be a fruitless exercise so either they don't understand empathy and they they don't understand how other people's feelings are affected by their actions so by you telling them that is kind of wasted breath if it's a little bit older of a child or a kiddo that does have a little higher emotional intelligence then you run the risk of having their behavior be actually reinforced by you because let's just think about this going back to our why argument so if they were denied access and they're mad at you and they're throwing a tantrum because they're mad that you won't let them go to the park or go to their favorite store now you're telling them that your that behavior is making you feel sad well you know what they might be like heck yeah i'm glad i'm making them feel sad because i'm sad too and so in a situation like that you you may actually reinforce the behavior with that and we we always want to try to have the upper hand emotionally and we want to always try to keep it together in the face of that type of stuff so either you are not going to get anything from it because they don't have the understanding or they do have the understanding and it might ha- actually reinforce the behavior so that's not the number that's not how we would recommend you teach empathy
1: i Another thing that you're not going to do when your toddler is tantruming is, I won't belittle their feelings. Uh, so that one pretty much stands on its own. Another one is, I can't and won't take their tantrum personally. Mm-hmm. You can't take it personal. These little guys are going through an emotional roller coaster, they're growing at a rapid rate. Don't take it personal.
0: Yeah, especially with. A younger child because a lot of these things we talked about a few of those automatic or internal reasons but if we're looking at you know a kid that is tired or a kiddo that's hungry or a kiddo that's sick and they can't express that stuff to you and then all of a sudden you're taking that personal that's just not fair to you as a parent because there's really nothing that you could have done well maybe except give them some food right <laughs> which is obviously an easy answer but a lot of these reasons are out of your control so don't take it personal
1: Another thing I'm not going to do when my toddler or my child is tantruming is I'm not going to mock them or mirror their anger. This will make the issue worse. A few times, even Sloane, my seven-year-old, has gotten teary-eyed or very upset over something that I honestly want to roll my eyes at. I have said in the past in a whiny voice, like she's sounding, are you really going to cry like this about not getting to choose the family movie tonight? Like, come on, Sloane. I should really validate her feelings and say something like i can understand why you're upset i don't like it when i don't get to choose the movie we watch either i would likely follow up with giving her a big hug because she really enjoys physical touch when she's feeling upset so
0: so i'm gonna jump in here hill and i just said that you know that previous reason is how we do not teach empathy this thing that hillary just said this modeling of empathy, this understanding and telling them that, hey, I am a, I get upset about that too. I can really understand where you're coming from. That is a model of empathy and that is how we teach our kids how to handle that type of emotion. It's a really big emotion and it's something that's going to take repeated demonstrations and different types of examples and different types of settings where you're going to be honest with them and validate those feelings. That's going to teach them that, hey, it's okay to feel this way, but guess what? It's not okay to act out and we can teach them a a different way which we'll touch on next
1: cool so now we're going to transition into the points about here are some things to do when your child is having a tantrum number one be patient and wait patience is key if you aren't in a hurry So sit down and wait for the tantrum to pass and only step in to keep them safe. I know it's not ideal if you are in a hurry or need to get going, but if you have the little bit of time, being patient is key into letting the tantrum pass.
0: Yep, most definitely.
1: So number two is set expectations. Letting them know ahead of time when something you know is not preferred that is not preferred is coming. So break it down for them so they can understand and know what to expect a little bit better.
0: Yeah, not only expectations about different types of things that are gonna happen, but also expectations about their own behavior. And you've heard us talk a lot about those and our family expectations. So those expectations really set the tone for everything else.
1: Do you wanna give an example of you know, a time where they're going to be doing something that they don't prefer and what you talk about.
0: Yeah. So when we usually have situations that are unpreferred, we want to follow that up with something that is preferred if they behave appropriately in that setting. So for example, sometimes I have to coach at the gym at night. The kids don't absolutely love sitting and watching movies, even though, you know, that's sometimes a preferred thing, but they'd rather be at home or hanging out and playing with their toys. So I say, Hey kids, you know, if we have a, if we have good behavior at the gym and if you stay in the kids area and you're not going to fight with each other then when we get home you guys can have a special treat or we can play a special game or do something that they want so foreshadow what the expectations are how long they're going to be there tell them they're going to be there for about an hour to 90 minutes and then foreshadow what the reinforcer is or what the reward is that they're going to get after for following set expectations
1: you see how tyler said what they're not going to do he didn't mean that hmm he meant that he's going to tell them what they're going to do, right, Tyler? Yeah, Not sorry. what they're not going to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, then number four is praise, 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 even for the slightest bit of calming down. So Tyler's really good at giving um, an example of this.
0: So if you have a kiddo that is in a tantrum and all of a sudden they may just like take a deep breath, you can say, hey, I really appreciate you taking a deep breath. And then if they take another breath, then you can say, oh, that's really good. I can see you're calming down now. Would you like a hug or would you like whatever type of coping strategy that they're good at or that they that they have talked about in the past? So we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But I think it's important to try to look for those little mini moments where their behavior is starting to get on track. And that's the spot that you then reengage with that attention because attention can go both ways. We already talked about earlier in this podcast how it can how it can feed negative behavior. But this is a way where you can use it to feed the positive replacement behavior of calming down.
1: So, yeah, Tyler, just hit on that. But staying calm. You are the adult. That is number five. Number six is provide space for them. And we kind of already hit on this a little bit, making sure that they are safe, you know.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that is the one time when I recommend with our parents and then I myself as a parent will most definitely raise my voice. If a kiddo is being unsafe either to themselves or to us or to property, that is where you come in with a hard, you know, that that is not okay. You need to stop that hard, authoritative voice and then you can kind of tone it back down. I understand you're upset right now. Let's use our words. Let's talk about this. Let's take a deep breath that is the one place though where i do recommend people save that that intensity because we talked about startle reactions in our previous podcast you do need those at times to stop dangerous behavior but that's why it's so important the rest of the time that you don't yell right we're not going to yell just because they're not listening to us we're going to yell when they're not being safe that is the place for it
1: So when they have calmed down, likely an hour or so, simply asking them how they'd like to be comforted. For example, I would say something like this. Yesterday, when you were really upset and throwing things, how can I help you calm down? Would you like a big squeeze or a hug? You want me to sit by you? You want me to give you space? Then the next time the tantrum begins, Have them ask for their calm down method that they told you about or even just remind them. There's been a time when Larkin was losing or you know what and I legit yelled, hey Lark, I'm going to come over there and give you a big squeeze. Remember you said you wanted that? It worked. Now, it doesn't always happen like that, but having them tell you what would help in that type of situation if they're able to could be beneficial and buys them in because it's really their idea you are just reminding them of what they said. Cool.
0: Yeah. And, and those calm down methods, those are coping skills. You know, coping skills is a real kind of buzz term nowadays. But when we talk about coping skills, it's calming down. It's how do I cope with a stress or a something that is getting me so upset? in a way that is acceptable, right? It's not acceptable for me to scream and cry and carry on and throw things or hit people, but it is acceptable to express my feelings with my words or it is acceptable to go take some time by myself in my room and take some deep breaths until I'm ready, for, ready to come out and, and talk about things. So it's those kind of calm down methods or coping skills that are really what we're looking to teach as replacement behaviors for tantrums.
1: So what if you have a toddler and they're not obviously able, like Callan, is not able to tell you what it is that's going to make him feel better or yeah. calm down? Yeah,
0: so toddlers are definitely tricky in the sense that they cannot have those communication skills. But there's two things. The first is redirection. So toddlers are really kind of live in the moment. So instead of yelling at him and trying to talk to him like I would talk to my seven-year-old, I'm going to try to make him laugh. I'm going to, oh, look over here and play with this little guy over here. And then he's going to start just being redirected. Use redirection as your number one way to get out of tantrums for toddlers. Number 2 is we're going to talk about some biological factors. So hunger could be another huge one. We I was like, "Oh, what time when was the last time he ate? He's ready for a snack." So we're going to talk about maybe giving him a snack in that situation or he is tired, so we're going to, you know, put him down for a nap. So those types of quick little redirections and with biological factors are going to be your number one way to kind of reduce some of those tantrums. And then it's also, what do we not do? We're not going to do those other things Hill already talked about. We're not going to raise our voice. We're not going to yell at him. I'm definitely not going to get physical with him because that is just teaching him that, oh, When I'm angry, upset, people are going to deal with me with more anger and more force and more upsetness. So I'm just going to keep raising that ante. So the key is to go the opposite way. Stay calm, redirect, use humor, be creative, think about other things in your environment or in his environment that can change the script, flip the script, go into a different direction that'll get him out of that tantrum.
1: Cool. So to recap really quickly what you are going to do when your child is having a tantrum, number one you're going to be patient and wait two you're going to set some expectations three you're going to validate and acknowledge their feelings four you're going to work on teaching my child how to handle their anger and frustration tyler talked about modeling how we handle frustration I forgot what number I'm on, but we're gonna praise, 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 even for the slightest bit of calming down. We are going to six, stay calm, you are the adult, and seven, provide space for them, but we're gonna make sure that they're safe. Tyler hit on some points that you can do if you have a much younger child, probably under the age of two, what would you say? Yeah, two years old, those
0: Yeah, I mean, redirection can work for any child, but I would say for toddlers, your other strategies are not going to be as successful. So for a toddler or someone with limited language capabilities, redirection should be your number one strategy.
1: All right. So I hope that was helpful in talking about tantrums and talking about toddler tantrums. Uh, I really, I mean, I don't know. I think that this is one that we get a lot of questions on and a lot of people ask us about. And a lot of people have a lot to say about why their toddler's tantruming and they can't handle it anymore and they need a break. So especially coming into the holiday season with a lot of other factors Coming into play, I think that having a couple quick hitting strategies to remember and go back to are really, really important. So,
0: yeah, and uh, I think recapping that. These are type of tantrums maybe that just kind of pop up out of the blue. If you have tantrums that are reoccurring and they happen for the same reason or the same time every day, um, I think those are situations maybe where you should reach out either to us, you know, on our Facebook page or shoot us an email because we can maybe problem solve that together a little bit. Because sometimes it's it's the setting and it, and it's the environment and the routine that you have that that is actually maybe evoking the tantrum. And some of, some of these strategies may not apply for tantrums that occur like that daily. But these are really great if you just have these like out of the blue type of things especially especially with the holidays and the amount of stress that's kind of coming up right now
1: awesome guys well i hope this was helpful and we just want to really express our gratitude with thanksgiving being tomorrow for all of you guys listening in it is so awesome to see how many downloads we've had like I had no idea the reach that we would have on people that we know and a ton of people that we don't even know. Like, it has been amazing. I'm so thankful. I shouldn't say I'm. We are so thankful for how many of you have tuned in and listened and shared even our podcast with friends and family and people we don't even know, like, Honestly, you guys, so thankful, so, so thankful.
0: Yeah, we're very grateful for this. And I think being the season of gratitude, really, I think the homework is to take away from this episode is to be grateful for your own ability to be a parent. Be grateful that you have children that are healthy um, and be grateful that you have the opportunity to grow and become, you know, the best version of yourself. So thank you guys so much for tuning in and we cannot wait to chat with you guys again next week.
1: Awesome. Bye for now. Bye.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Behavior Buff Podcast. Make sure to follow along on Facebook and Instagram at Behavior Change Collective.